Happy Monday and welcome back to the One Take Wonder podcast with the hot weird girl. This is the hot weird girl in question, Alexia, and you can find me on every social media platform. That's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And as always, coming back with another Monday night episode, new episodes every Monday, but late Monday. It's like the late night show, but better. This week, I really want to talk about universal basic income, why I'm so sick of hearing you talk about rich men. And also, I know that you're faking being stupid. Do you know why I want a universal basic income? And if you don't know what a universal basic income is, I'm just going to read the article from Wikipedia. Universal basic income is a social welfare proposal in which all citizens of a given population regularly receive a minimum income in the form of an unconditional transfer payment, i.e. without a means test or a need to work. It would be received independently of all other income. Now, when a universal basic income is sufficient to meet a person's basic needs, that is being above the poverty line, meeting your needs for rent, food, water, um, clothing, that is the type of universal basic income that I'm talking about. And I crave it for a lot of reasons, the altruistic ones, right? Like I don't believe that in America or in any country on earth, a child should go hungry. I believe that parents shouldn't have to choose between feeding themselves and their child. I believe that having the ability to get health insurance or afford health insurance irrespective of your ability to work for a capitalist system, is essential to have a society of healthy and normal people. But I'd be lying if I said I don't want a universal basic income for the very selfish reason that if I hear you guys talk about wanting a rich man again, I'm going to fucking kill myself. It is the most... You guys don't want a rich man. You want an escape from capitalism. And as I talked about in my Concussed Femininity episode, these femininity rich men gurus are simply offering you the illusion of escaping the choice of capitalism. The reality that you are not born wealthy, that you will never come into that type of wealth. You know, you're not going to win the lotto. You're not going to go on some reality show and make it big. The reality is, is that for 99.9% of the people on this planet, you have to work for every dollar that you earn. Every dollar that you earn is one that you worked for. And this idea that marrying rich is not something you're going to work for, I mean, you're so woefully unprepared for what it is. Because if a guy, you meet an older guy, because he has to be older, let's be real, I'm 26. The number of 26-year-olds who are bringing in big bucks, who are not encumbered by debt, because here's a trade secret, you can get with a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer, but most people who attain these like super, super high salaries straight out the gate, straight out of school, are burdened with student loans. So yeah, you know, by all means, go ahead and fuck a doctor who has $400,000 in debt. And I have siblings who are doctors and some one of my best friends is in like um, residency. This is no shade to doctors at all. I'm just saying this idea that you're going to come into this unburdened wealth or that people who are getting these like, you know, mid six figure salaries are not paying down the debts they had to accumulate in order to get to the point where they could accrue those salaries. You're woefully mistaken. But you meet a guy at this age and he's older. And... And he's older because they're always older. You're just going to have to maintain the exact way you were when you met him for as long as you want to get 
his money. So let's say you meet him when you're thin, you're young, you have big perky tits. You are going to be expected to maintain that same body even after having kids. Even after getting older, you're going to have to have that similar youthful face, those same perky tits, or he's just simply not going to pay for you anymore. It won't be like some, you know, middle class dude or some low income dude who are still liable to leave you whenever they find something hotter. But more so, if he has the type of disposable money to be buying and purchasing women, because that's really what it is, what you are exchanging is your youth your time for his money, which is fine. I have nothing against sex workers and I've talked about that at length on this podcast, but you should just be real what you're doing when you're getting with an older man who's funding your entire life. It's a monetary exchange. It's a transaction. Regardless if there's love there, love can be many things. And that relationship can also involve a heavy element of transaction. When he is able to purchase you as you are, if you don't stay exactly the same, He'll just get a new one, which is what it means when people say when you marry rich, you work for every dollar that you'll get because there is no way that you are not going to have to put a dick in your mouth and remain hot, tight, and fuckable in order to get that same amount of money. And when you compare the pressures of that to the pressures of just getting a job, only in one of those scenarios are you going to have to fuck your boss when you don't want to because the other uncomfortable part is is that if you think you're going to have autonomy or free will when someone can cut your lights off, when you can't get into an argument with them or you can't eat, that that's not going to happen. But the illusion of escaping capitalism has people feeding for it so bad that they don't think about what's realistic. What kind of job do you want? One where you can get a pension or one where your pension is solely reliant on this man wanting to fuck you for years. And he's not going to think you're fuckable at 40 or 50 after you've had kids. No matter how old he gets, if he thinks that he can purchase young women in their 20s, he's just going to keep purchasing different versions of you. And I think deep down, everyone knows it. Like, I don't think there's anything particularly revolutionary in what I'm saying. I'm sure this information might be shocking if you're a teenager or you've never really been out in the world um, and you don't realize what an exchange of, like, sex for money is. But I think most people deep down understand that the aspirational content they're watching is a sexual exchange. People just like to pretend they don't know what's going on because it's very comfortable to recede into your own weaponized incompetence and to pretend that you're too stupid to confront issues. And I've spoken at length about the the femininity content and how I think it's a form of escapism on this podcast. So I won't delve too much into it, but rather bringing up the point as a segue into what I really want to focus on and is sort of a continuation of the deliberate anti-intellectual anti-intellectualism episode, where I spoke about the fact that people don't want to engage with the world because it makes them uncomfortable. But I'll go even further to say that 
engaging in the world forces you to take on a moral stance. Becoming well-educated about art, literature, human rights, other people, psychology, sociology, it forces you to take a moral stance. And it's one very simple between good or evil. And while we can go back and forth about the gray area and ambiguity all day, some things really are black and white. And I would bring up what's happening in Palestine, the ongoing genocide that's been going on for 75 years, beginning with the Nakba in the 1940s, by the colonial white supremacist state of Israel against the Palestinians is very easy to understand. But most people who don't want to take ownership of the fact that they won't do anything, even knowing this information, that they'll continue to support Israeli endeavors, that they'll continue to not press their politicians by doing things like going to ceasefiretoday.com, writing personal letters to their politician, going to their politician's office if they have time, threatening to withhold their vote, actually withholding their vote, showing up to protest, donating to actual aid organizations that can get food, water, or at least the promise of shelter to those who have been displaced, which is hundreds of thousands of people at this point, if you consider the civilian population in Gaza and in the West Bank, and account for the dead. I believe at the time that I'm recording this, there's over 10,000 dead Palestinians, thousands of whom are children, and Doctors Without Borders is calling Gaza a graveyard of children. All of those things are very easy to understand. There's nothing complicated about it. And while I can't tell you every war that's happened between Arab nations against Israel or all the aid that Israel has received from the United States, although you should know that it's in the multi-billions, what I can tell you is that my tax dollars are funding a genocide, that I'm not okay with it, that because I am not okay with the images that I've been seeing of dismembered children, children holding press conferences from hospitals, children begging for their right to life. Journalists having to film themselves because they know that no other journalist organization in the world is willing to give them the humanity and care that these things are wrong. But talking about it has caused me to lose friends, may potentially jeopardize my job, and most people don't want to deal with it because most people believe themselves to be men and women of action only in their heads. Like Hunger Games characters, everyone can be a Katniss yelling about a hospital that was bombed, but very few people actually have the gumption to do even post a social media post saying I don't think you should be able to blow up harm maim assault children or their adult parents and I want to note that that includes men because too often we've become comfortable especially when speaking about Arab countries to say well the number of women and children are hurt but I think it also matters to say that men are human beings too and they also don't deserve what's happening to them these things are very simple to understand so we have to ask ourselves why so many people want to feign that they're incapable of understanding it and it's because if they were forced to acknowledge their own understanding they'd have to acknowledge that they've chosen in the side of evil, as is the case with most things. Once you become aware of something, you have to take a stance, one that chooses you, forces you to choose between good and evil and not acknowledging the crisis, the ongoing genocide, ethnic cleansing, displacement of thousands of people on their ancestral lands that they're indigenous to by a colonialist nut job power is very simple. I always think about this girl that I knew 
I can't say when, way back when, and she had a reputation for being stupid, but we were close friends at a time and I knew her GPA because we used to study together and she was in fact not stupid. She was rather intelligent. I'm not saying she would have been Einstein. She still said some things that were gobsmackingly dumb, but what she admitted to me one time is that in order to get out of doing tasks like cleaning or being responsible for friend hangouts, she simply pretended she didn't know how to do something. One time, a bunch of our friends and I went to this retreat um, in the woods and she simply pretended that she was getting in loss by deliberately driving in circles so that the next year no one would ask her when she wanted to show up or drive again because she didn't want to do it. It's the weaponized incompetence so that people can evade responsibility over and over and over and over again. And while the example and very real awareness that I wanted to touch on with the Palestinian genocide is a very heavy example, I think it also goes to show the example that I gave my friend, just how minor these things can be. Nonetheless, they're fucking agitating. It's especially distressing how many people are willingly walking into the arms of stupidity when we know that there is a concerted effort by the United States government to actually intellectually castrate us. At the time that I'm recording this, there has been months-long conversation on TikTok and other forms of social media. You know, I'm just chronically on TikTok, so it's always the example that I'll cite about how kids are underperforming in schools. And while I think there are a lot of reasons that kids can underperform in school, systemic factors like poverty, overworked parents. I also think that there is an underlying negligence and a culture that is inherently cruel to children that motivates people not to properly educate their children. And so the result is that you have these parents who don't want to sit down and look at what their children are reading or realistically not reading because these babies can't fucking read. They're not doing homework with their kids. And so it's going completely unnoticed that the American education system is bit by bit being taken apart to produce a generation of adults that won't be able to question anything. Their parents are willingly skipping into the arms of ignorance, not realizing that they're raising ignorant fools who will be wholly taken advantage of. Citizens that can properly question their government, who know how to engage with their form of democracy or their respective political system, citizens who are more than capable of articulating themselves, are very dangerous to authoritarian governments who want nothing more than to create a workforce to fund their yachts and fund their lifestyle. I've said this before, but this country has no economic plan off of slavery. And just because they cannot physically keep black people in chains doesn't mean they don't have a thousand alternative ideas that ultimately boil down to, well, at this point, we're not just going to fuck over black people. Let's just fuck over everyone poor, make the middle class an ever-running rat race that people can't get to, all while convincing people that their cheap-ass Zara Shein oversized blazer is the pinnacle of wealth that will allow them to sneak into a country club, never mind that the closest most people will get to actual country clubs. I'm not talking about the clubs that you can get an invite to to have certain events in or the clubs that you can go dine in without a member's pass. I'm talking about the clubs that only let like 50 families in and God help you if you're the wrong kind of white, like being Jewish, that type of club is by working in one. And even then you'll be forced to sign an NDA. 
the easiest way to suppress a population is to simply make them unaware that they're being suppressed. Take away all the knowledge. There's a reason why schools don't want you to learn anything resembling a critical examination of race in this country because race intersects with class. And if people really understood the ways in which certain groups of people have been systemically kept down and the fact that if the government can do that to a group they will do it to z group eventually if not today then tomorrow more people would be revolting against what's happening to us they want a population of dumb ipad babies who will know nothing but swipe swipe and eating food that rots your brain capacity. And this is the food conversation, which people can get very touchy about. And I understand that healthy food is not equitable to everyone, which in itself is a policy choice, because trust me, there is a reason why you can get chips, which are so bad for you. And I'm not saying that I don't love a good Dorito now and then, but you should know that multi-millions of dollars have gone into making sure that your brain gets addicted to the crunch. Everything from the flavor profile, the texture of the chip, the way the sound of the chip crunching in your head, the way it feels when you swallow, and the brief moment of cessation or satiation that you get after eating the chip has been studied by scientists whose entire goal it is is to get you to consume more, which is why oftentimes 15 to 20 minutes after consuming the chip which has no nutrition you will be fucking malnourished if you eat a bunch of chips i spoke about a little earlier on my TikTok the fact that i knew a girl in college who got scurvy she lived on my freshman year dorm she ended up dropping out but she got scurvy because she refused to eat fruit she made a deliberate choice not to eat fruit mind you we went to a campus that prided itself on organic food and eating food in the dining hall that was grown by the environmentally um, or by the environmental science majors. So there was no shortage of food. She just didn't need it. And she got fucking scurvy. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. The food that we're designed to eat is poison. I know that people can get a little woo-woo about it, but it is a form of defiance to not eat the slush that has been proven in peer-reviewed journals over and over again to make you think slower, move slower. It it makes you unhealthy in the sense that you're not able to like strengthen yourself as well. It makes you lethargic. It's not good. So that's the food we're eating combined with education systems that don't teach you anything about history or possibly what's happening in front of your eyes that keeps you dull and unquestioning while attempting to sell you tons of products so that you you can't even be distracted for a moment about what's going on around you. And I think the sad reality is, and I hate to bring up Lupe Fiasco because he's so insane with the ninja swords, but like complain about the liquor store, but what you drinking liquor for? These things wouldn't be so easy if people weren't so complicit. Like, at what point are we just pointing around and saying, like, the system's designed against us? Yes, fine, but, like, what personal stands are we making in our life to not do this? You know what I mean? Are you going to a school board meeting? Did you vote this year? Did you figure out who is running for school board elections? As a taxpayer in my district, 
I know what's happening on my school board. I don't have kids and I don't plan on having kids for a very long time, if ever. But I like to know what those babies are learning in the district where I pay taxes because my taxes are not going to go to raising a generation of dummies. So if any, I live in a very liberal district, but if any mom for liberty were to show up, I'm absolutely taking my ass to a meeting, as I have done in the past where I used to live in Pittsburgh, um, the old neighborhood that I grew up in, one of those cropped up, and me and a couple of other friends who graduated from that high school went, and we said some things, and they ended up not being able to ban certain books. Everyone bears collective responsibility for how stupid this next generation is at risk of becoming. And I don't say that lightly because I think shitting on the newest generation is, I mean, it goes back to the time of Plato, who was bitching on his fucking stone tablet about they don't understand these things, these new kids with their pen and their ink. But like, we bear a collective responsibility for the people around us, not just to make their lives better, but also to enrich them intellectually. Do you participate in your local library so that they can continue to get funding? Do you protest at library closures? Are you an advocate for public resources that would seek to educate people? Are you aware that you don't need an Audible subscription to listen to audiobooks and that you can actually just download the Libby app and your local library will give you an unlimited amount of audiobooks for free? These are the recipes that we're losing. And it's so frustrating because saying all of this, I feel like I'm talking in a circle or like I haven't made a point at all. And I guess I really didn't. There's nothing that I'm saying in this podcast that's original or organic. It's just people don't want to fucking hear it. Like nobody wants the weight of that on their shoulders. But if every little person picked up the mess in the room, the room wouldn't be so fucking messy. Right now, we've got like three people working really hard and everyone else keeps taking a shit on the floor. You know, like if you're an artist and your thing is creating like murals for change, do that. Everyone's got their gifts, but like you have to do something. It becomes more urgent as we continue to watch the world get worse while everyone seemingly screams and throw up their hands like we, there's no way we can fix this. People in worse circumstances have actually made it out of a lot worse. Like the civil rights movement occurred when people didn't have fucking cell phones. They were using rotary phones and landlines and still organizing nationally that inspired an international global movement for peaceful protest. Do you know how wild that is when all of this was being communicated via like letter and newspaper? Like we have supercomputers in our pockets and the best that everyone can do is like not drink Starbucks for two weeks. Really? I just think there's a certain point where we need to admit that like we're a little bitch made, a little pussy. People who were enslaved and spent their life illiterate were fervent abolitionists. Like you have electricity and running water. And you take a shit indoors. It's not that complicated. I'm just really sick of everyone pretending like it's the most complicated thing in the world. And then everyone wants to bring up the systems against us. But like the systems were firebombing people's houses. Okay. And they still made a way out of no way. We have everything and that everything has led to a sort of pacification and the loss of stakes. I really think that if 
you know, if, if everyone was experiencing dire constraints, maybe we take it a little more seriously. Maybe we don't have that fire under our ass because we have iPhones. But the iPad babyfication of everything must stop. Everyone must do their collective role. And if everyone does a little bit, it's better than if like three or four people do a lot. And I don't say this like I'm one of the three or four people who's doing a lot. Upon reflection, saying this out loud, there's definitely more that I could be doing. There's definitely more that everyone should be doing, especially, again, considering how not hard most people's lives are. And I know that someone listening to it is going to be like, well, my life is uniquely hard. Okay, well, I'm so sorry that your bones are made out of glass and you can't do anything. But like most people, just by virtue of like where we live and how we're living, like your life is not hard enough for you to not be doing jack shit. But again, becoming aware of things forces you to take a principled stance on morality and it forces you to confront the own self-reflection that you may be good or you may be evil but you can't comfortably exist in a gray area when it comes to human rights or in bettering your community and if people would just rather like wholly embrace being evil then fine like come out and say that do you think joe biden doesn't know what he's doing you think most you know American government officials don't really know what's going on. You think they don't see pictures of the babies in the hospital and they don't know that they're depriving those children of the ability to ever grow older than the age of one? No, they know what they're doing. They know it's fucking terrible. They know what their stance is. Do you know what your stance is or are you going to continue to insist that you have no idea what's going on? It's just some food for thought this week. It may be slightly repetitive of what I've talked about, but nonetheless, I think I expounded on something new. But like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of what I see in myself. I'm sick of what I see in others. I think everyone collectively needs to do a better job of like, stop fucking whining and start fucking doing something. That's my resolution for 2024. I don't think it's ever too early to think about your New Year's resolutions. Let me know what yours are. You can hit me up at any point on all my social media platforms. That's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Hot Weird Girl. That's Girl with a Zero. I'll see you next Monday as we continue to move into our last couple episodes for season one. Season two, coming right at you January 1st, 2024. Was there something so pleasing about that being a Monday? As always, I love you. And if we made it to the end, I really, really appreciate it. Until next week, bye.